0: Request for you in the bulletin. Uh, the Cherokee Strip Association that he organizes and leads is our prayer partner for the month because we do a lot of things and cooperate with them in a lot of ways and cooperate with a lot of churches that we know through cooperating with the association in many ways. So, welcome, Matt. Thank you. You can't say welcome, Matt, to everybody that comes to church, right? Well, it's always good to be with you all and to share about what God's doing in our association and uh, through Graceway and other churches that work together and this morning I'm going to start out with an illustration of something that happened in my life many years ago where I found somebody who was a very faithful friend and if we can take that slide off we'll get to those slides later um, in the message but uh, The year was uh, 1998, and it was July, and I was in Moscow, Russia, working as a missionary sent out by churches like Graceway, and it was 4 a.m., and I was sitting on the floor of our tiny little apartment, kind of in a daze. A couple of days before, the doctor had told my wife um, that her breast cancer which we thought was cured, had come back. And uh, her first incident had only been a year and a half before. And the doctor said, it's come back. And you need to get back to America as soon as you can. And we had to pack up everything we had as quickly as we could and come back to the States. And it was a a difficult night. I was sitting there dazed, still the shock uh, had not quite worn off that her cancer was back, and I was not able to think very clearly. Um, I was paralyzed, in fact. I could barely think enough to figure out what needs to to go in these suitcases or footlockers and what needs to stay behind, and uh, my world had been turned upside down, and I never would have made it. Except for a very faithful friend and his wife Mel and Nancy Skinner who were also missionaries and Had come over to our house that night to help us start packing. They had two little girls and Nancy after a while had to take the little girls uh, back home to their apartment on the other side of town But Mel stayed with me till 4 a.m Helping to pack those suitcases and in the end he packed them. I was just in a daze didn't know didn't really know what to do paralyzed by the shock of what what was occurring and uh, Mel to this day is one of my dearest friends when I think back over people that have helped me through the years and he's back in the States now Um, to make a long story short my my first wife uh, Carol did pass away within less than three weeks of that time and It was a very difficult phase. It sounds like Graceway is going through some difficult times now as well. But the Lord is good and faithful. And over time, um, he kept holding me up and eventually provided Lucinda, a beautiful wife uh, that I married a couple of years later. And she also had lost a spouse to cancer, to leukemia. So the Lord put us together. We had similar stories. And we're able to go and serve again overseas uh, for many years. And now we're back serving in this role. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what it means to have faithful friends. And in particular, about four faithful friends who helped somebody in the Bible. And through that process, his life was changed forever. Okay, So we're going to look in the book of Mark, chapter 2. And we're gonna look at verses one through 12. And if you guys can find that, we're gonna look at Four Faithful Friends, Mark chapter two, verses one through 12. And I'm gonna be reading from the New International Version. So your version may be a little bit different. Up on the screen, that's what we'll have. If you don't have your Bible and you wanna just look up there, that'll be fine. If you guys in the back could just advance the slides as I read, would you please stand as we read God's word? And before we do it, let's just pray, asking God to speak to us through what we read. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning. It's our desire to understand your truths, that you would speak through them to each of our hearts in a way that we would be changed and we would be transformed by the power of your word. And Lord, as I speak this morning, I pray that The focus would be not on me, but on Jesus and his power in each of our lives. And that these words would just come to life, and uh, you would be the one speaking. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, starting with verse 1 of chapter 2 in Mark. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, or to say, get up, take up your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Thank you. maybe may be seated. Well, this passage that we read is still early in Jesus' ministry. He had just called his disciples, had started driving out demons and healing people, and preaching in the synagogues. Despite the crowds and the busy- busyness of his days, We find in Mark that he already had a pattern of pulling aside to talk to his Heavenly Father to pray. So you guys are setting a great example for other churches in the way you take time just to pray for each other. We work really hard a lot of times to do things for God. But when we pray, we in a sense are freeing him up to work in response to our prayers. And we don't want to do spiritual things in our own fleshly nature, do we? The only way we're gonna accomplish things of eternal value is through prayer. So, Greg, I appreciate your leadership in leading the church to do that. But Jesus set that pattern for us, um, even though he was the son of God to take time. Well, he'd been traveling through Galilee and he comes back to Capernaum, which was kind of like his hometown, in a sense, where he hung his hat during this phase of his ministry. And that's where this event occurs that we read about. Now, if you look in verse 2, we're not told whose house this was, where Jesus was preaching. A lot of people guess that it was Peter's house where uh, he lived and his mother-in-law lived there with um, him and his wife. We don't know that for sure, but regardless, there were so many people gathering that... You know, they couldn't even get in the house, and they were outside, probably peering in the windows. They wanted just to be able to see and hear Jesus, but probably many wanted to be healed by him. And we don't know exactly what Jesus is preaching about. If you guys can mute the screen now, we'll come to that slide here in just a minute. So he simply says he's preaching the word, probably just the gospel truth, that people needed to repent and believe that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And then in verse 3, you see these guys show up carrying a friend, probably a friend, who's paralyzed. And he's on this mat, and they're, they're bringing him up to the crowd. And the crowd, of course, is so big that it looks like it's going to be impossible to get to Jesus. And I can picture the, the guy on the mat telling them not to worry anymore. You know it's 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 no problem you know we'll come another time or whatever but these four guys are persistent and they find a way to get up on the roof of this house now in those days the the houses sometimes had either a ladder or a stairway that went up the side and the roof was normally flat and made out of like hardened clay that would have some beams going across it with maybe some Palm leaves in there to kind of hold everything together so these guys find a way to get up on the roof and they're gonna let the guy down in front of Jesus so I can picture they just start kind of digging there and Jesus is below and a little bit of dust starts falling from the ceiling maybe on him and the people are looking up what's that sound of scratching that's there and eventually they break all the way through And there's a lot of dirt that falls down, possibly right on Jesus. Who knows? So everybody's looking up at the ceiling. It makes me think of a mission trip where we were in Mexico preaching in a church building made out of the similar kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, one of our team members is preaching and everybody's looking at the ceiling. And a guy jumps up with a long pole because there's a scorpion up there. And he knocks it down and steps on it. And then we kept going just like normal, but that must happen regularly in their churches there. Well, there was no scorpion. When people looked up at the, the hole that had been formed there, they actually saw this mat being lowered down. And the lower it got, they could see these four guys up there holding like ropes or some way to get the mat down. And they're straining as they let the guy down. I mean, a guy's pretty heavy, you know, an adult man. So they let him down. They're being careful so that they don't let one corner down faster than the other. And slip off. That would really be an interruption. And then you picture the guy on the mat when he's coming down right there in front of Jesus and everybody's looking at him, probably feeling a little self-conscious. Wouldn't you feel that way? If it were me, I would, I'd be wanting to say, sorry guys, sorry for the interruption. We don't know. Or he could have been the other way. Hey, I'm here finally. You know, I don't know. But anyway, he comes down right in front of Jesus. Isn't that that wild, just to picture the scene there? And so here he is, and everybody's looking at Jesus. Well, you're you're the healer. Here's a guy who has an obvious need. He's paralyzed, lying on this mat. He couldn't even get here by himself. He had to have four friends bring him here. So uh, you're supposed to say, get up and walk. You're healed, right? Isn't that what people would have expected Jesus to do but what does he say what does he say in verse 5 yeah he says son which could mean he was younger than Jesus or maybe simply a term of endearment your sins are forgiven Wow and I can picture the people thinking well this is kind of a new twist uh, your sins are forgiven, but the guy needs to be healed. And maybe the man himself is a little puzzled. But that's, that's what Jesus said. And then you have these teachers of the law, if you keep reading there in verses 6 and 7, who are kind of thinking, what's going on here? This is, if, if this man is claiming to forgive sin, then he's claiming to do what our law teaches only God can do. So in other words, if you say you can forgive somebody's sins, you're claiming to be God. And that's blasphemy. That was punishable by death. So this was something that was a serious deal in their their minds. Now we don't know if Jesus just read their minds or if he was sharp enough to just pick up on it. But he he knows what they're thinking. Take a look in verses 6 and 7 what it says there. Teachers of the law are thinking this and Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit this is what they were thinking. And what did he say? Why are you thinking these things? And then he asked the masterful question. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, you're healed, get up and walk? Well, that puzzled me for a long time, that question. But it only makes sense. I can come here to Dave. By the way, Dave, your your head looks good there. I didn't recognize you at first there. But uh, I could say to Dave, your sins are forgiven. And uh, you guys wouldn't know if they were or not, would you? I said his sins are forgiven, and whoo, he's like, all right, thank you, Matt. Probably not. But if he were a paralytic on a mat, and I said, be healed and get up, and he got up and walked, then you would think, well, maybe there's something to what Matt said. Maybe he has authority. But then if he just laid on that mat like, ah, you're bluffing, then you would know I'm not for real. And in the same way, Jesus is proving his authority to to forgive sins by healing the man. And showing them he has supernatural power over illness, over sin, over any kind of thing in this world. So it's amazing how Jesus kind of shows them who he is by his Not just by his actions, but by that question there. So the man is healed. He gets up. He rolls up his mat and walks out. And everybody's just like, wow. Shouting probably hallelujah. Some clapping. Some probably just yelling yay for Jesus, you know, and yay for this man. And I picture the man as he gets up now we don't know but he may have waved at his buddies up there in that hole there that we're looking down at him and then walked out healed and the people are just amazed saying praise God we've never seen anything like this so that's that's the miracle that Jesus performs on the paralytic man it's, man it's pretty straightforward there and it, it shows us some things And I want to talk about that this morning, about how this applies to us. So first we're going to talk about the four faithful friends. And we're going to take a lot of time there because I think their actions give us a picture of how we as believers in a church work together. And then as a group of churches, an association, all work together. But then we're going to talk about Jesus and we're going to talk about the paralytic in the end okay so if we can get the the slides back up there are you able to get that one that had yeah okay our theme this year for the Association is one there's a verse in a psalm in a Philippians 127 that says above all you must live as citizens of heaven conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you're standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. So our theme is one, and implied here is the idea of one body, one body of believers in each church, and then the idea of one spirit. Here it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit, although we all have the Holy Spirit, it means one spirit, being able to work together with one, Attitude that's the same and then one purpose. So let's go back a little bit Let's look at the idea of one body And if you think about these men go back to the slide right there. They are working as a team There's not just one guy that that was carrying this paralytic in fact you couldn't do it You know, it's a, it's a grown man. So they are working together as a team and in the same way in a church people work together and in an association a group of churches work together accomplishing much more than they could alone now among these four guys now this is just maybe the way it looked we don't know exactly there's probably one who kind of took the lead and 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 says this is what we're going to do there's probably another guy that's more detail oriented that came up with the idea of the ropes uh, maybe another guy is kind of the one with a gift of mercy that would say, "Hey, don't worry, you know, to the friend that's lying there. Hey, everything's going to be okay. Jesus is we're going to get you there to Jesus." They all probably had different gifts, and then there's another guy that's probably a little nervous about, "Hey, when we're lowering him down, let's make sure we don't uh, just let one corner down and and, it, and him slide off. That would really be a, a bad deal." And so he's kind of the one that's a little more detail oriented. All different gifts, but they work together as one team, one body, and it's the same way in our association. We have a lot of different kinds of churches. Some are known more for uh, teaching and preaching the word. Others are known more for outreach. Others are known more for... Uh, caring for people the, the homeless and that kind of stuff they all have a little bit different bits and I see that working with all the different churches but coming together they're able to pull their strengths and be stronger than they could be alone <laughs> then let's look at the idea of one spirit and as I mentioned though as believers we have the Holy Spirit in this context it's talking about one attitude of humility being able to work together And that, of course, characterized Jesus. I mean, he's basically master of the universe, but he was willing to humble himself, becoming not just an adult man, but actually a baby, totally dependent on his parents. And then to become like us and to be a servant to those that he was actually leading. He set an example in that. Well, these four guys, in order to work together, they had to have one spirit. They had to be willing to not just say, hey, I'm in charge and you guys all do what I tell you to do. They all worked together. They all had an equal part when they were letting down that mat. Everybody's corner had to go down at the same rate, right? Because they were, they were willing to serve and they were willing to give up their time and energy. I mean, who knows what, what their occupation was or what they had planned for that day, but they took time and energy to serve somebody else. And in the same way, in our association or family of churches, we have some big churches, we have some small churches. And you might think, well, the big churches, they have a lot more people, a lot more money, material resources, and they kind of run the show. That's not the way it is in an association. Churches, large and small, all work together. And it's for a common goal, common purpose, but they do it with an attitude of humility where each church is significant. And when I look out across the area that our association serves, we serve a big area. It includes five and a half counties. And we need churches in some of those remote areas, Marshall, Cherokee, smaller towns, they need a church right there. Now, some people will drive into Enid, but there are a lot of people, they need a church right there in their community. And those churches are just as significant as churches in the bigger towns. Then take a look at the next slide, the idea of one purpose. Obviously, these guys were pretty determined to get their friend to Jesus, no matter how difficult it was. If they were not determined with one purpose, they could easily have said, hey, forget it. We'll, we'll try another day. Maybe that's what the, the friend tried to convince him to do. But their intent was to get them, get him to Jesus there and to see Jesus transform his life. And here's a picture maybe of him afterwards, just standing up, rejoicing at what Jesus has done in his life. In the same way, our churches all work together with a common purpose. And that is to bring people into Christ and to advance the kingdom of God right here where we are and to the ends of the earth. Our purpose, if you want to put it succinctly, is to know Christ and to make him known. And we as a group of churches are united around that purpose. And actually working together in an association, we're able to do a lot more than we could working separately. Now you may feel like I'm kind of a a Baptist bishop or something like that. No, I work behind the scenes to help each church like Graceway be stronger and to help churches like Graceway continue to reach out, provide opportunities for that. There's not some agenda that we try to bring churches on board with. Our agenda is helping churches and working behind the scenes. So the same way these men, in the end, realized, though they could do all the work to get that friend to Jesus, in the end, it depended on God working through Jesus to bring about a transformation in that man's life. And it's the same way for each of us. That's where prayer is so significant. We can accomplish some things in our own strength, but nothing of eternal consequence without the Holy Spirit working in another person's life. So these men illustrate the way we as believers and the way we as a group of churches depend on God to bring about anything of eternal significance. So let's take a look at some specifics now how we as a group of churches work together in our area. And we'll go through some of these slides pretty quickly. We are basically about 30 churches. The map that'll come up next shows you churches that are here in Enid that cooperate together in Cherokee Strip. And then the next one shows you the churches outside of Enid. We basically span from Cherokee down to Perry and over to, uh, well, it doesn't show Fairview. Fairview got cut off. (laughs) They're under that little green corner over there on the left. And then over to uh, Sumner, the church where I was just yesterday where the pastor's wife had passed away and we had a funeral there. So it's a big area. Next slide. We, as a group of 30 churches, are a part of a larger group of churches called Oklahoma Baptist. And there are about 1,800 churches throughout the state that all work together. Each of them is a part of a local association. There are about 43 associations like ours throughout the state and then we're part of a bigger group called the Southern Baptist Convention that's uh, over 47,000 churches that all work together for the common purposes that we've talked about next slide so sometimes the question comes up when Graceway gives money to what's called the cooperative program how does that that work and Craig I don't know how much you guys have talked about this but, uh, and I won't camp out long here, but when you give to uh, the cooperative program, it actually goes through the Oklahoma Baptist Convention. 43% of that stays here within the, or no, goes to the Southern Baptist Convention, is divided out with the International Mission Board, seminaries, um, and other entities. 42% stays in Oklahoma, with Oklahoma Baptist ministries like Falls Creek and other, the children's homes and other things like that, disaster relief. And then uh, 15% of that actually goes to the affiliates. So that's how that's all divided out. Um, Next slide. But for us as an association, we're not part of that cooperative program strength. We depend on gifts direct from the churches. And if you think about it, associations predated state convention or a national convention way back in the 1700s Baptist churches found that they could come together for fellowship encouragement equipping and missions and they started coming together so we are closely tied to everything that goes on in local churches so we have three different teams comprised of folks from Graceway and other churches that work together to carry out what's going on in the association so i'm going to talk through this pretty quickly but stay tuned because there may be some ways you can plug in to one of these teams or one of the things going on there so we have the the management team this one deals with property personnel finances through our association the next slide shows just a practical way this uh, fleshes out how many of you have heard about elisha house Okay, this is a house kind of like the Ronald McDonald house that Graceway and other churches in the area have as a guest house for people to come into Enid for medical purposes. Maybe they have a child that's in the hospital, they need somewhere to stay overnight. This is lodging for them that our churches provide as a ministry. So I just wanted you to be aware of that. If you know somebody who needs help in that way, Uh, let us know you can call our office and we'll get them set up there it also serves as a mission home for missionaries that are on furlough next slide then another area and I wasn't sure where to put this but in Drummond there used to be a First Baptist Church of Drummond when that church uh, closed it became a disaster relief warehouse and we have a chainsaw trailer and a feeding unit trailer that is uh, stored in that place and used for teams to go out and serve uh, di- after disasters hit, like wildfires in western uh, Oklahoma, or most recently the tornadoes that came through Oklahoma. In fact, next, t- uh, yeah, next Wednesday and Thursday, we are taking the chainsaw trailer and see somebody working the chainsaw down to Norman. If anybody's interested in volunteering to go with us, uh, Frank Cooper and I will be going. I've already asked Craig, he's tied up, can't go but if you would like to go with us, uh, let me know after the service. We're going down uh, Wednesday and Thursday to do disaster relief work in the name of Jesus for uh, folks whose homes were destroyed by the tornadoes in Norman. But uh, there are training opportunities that uh, Craig can tell you about to get certified to work and do disaster relief. You hear about that ministry, it's, it's literally all over the country and even overseas. Next slide. We also in uh, the Drummond Warehouse have a block party trailer. And I don't know if Graceways use that or not, but when the weather's nice, it's a great way to go set up in a neighborhood. We've got a popcorn machine, cotton candy machine, and a snow cone machine, plus a bunch of ways you can just interact with people there, a sound system in a neighborhood and serve a meal to them and share the gospel and invite them to your church. So the black uh, trailer there, that is a block party trailer. Packed with all kinds of stuff and that's available for you all to use as a church anytime that you want to have an outreach event next slide so that is those are some of the, the properties that are available or vehicles trailers whatever but then we also have a ministry team within the association and their job is to strengthen churches help train leaders so encouraging equipping local churches next slide so we do this during the school year, every, uh, every Tuesday we have lunch. Craig's normally a part of that for pastors and church leaders and deal with different topics that can encourage them. Sometimes we just meet for fellowship and pray for each other. Next slide. Then uh, we have a uh, ministry wives breakfast coming up that we'll be hosting at our house. Sometimes uh, wives of pastors kind of get left out. <laughs> and they work very hard behind the scenes. So just a way to encourage them. Next slide. Then uh, during the summer, a lot of our churches have VBS. It's a way that we reach a lot of kids for Christ and eventually families. We're having some training coming up March 28th. And Craig will have more details in the update or those of you that get our update about that. But uh, it's a way we can help train leaders in the church. Next and i could go on and on there are just so many different things that the association does in terms of training uh, folks in churches helping churches to be stronger and uh, so these are just some of the examples in fact this coming tuesday we are helping our pastors learn how to do pastoral care better in the local church dealing with grief counseling marriage counseling abuse addiction that kind of thing Um, anything we can do. This one may have caught your attention. Secret church shopper. Anybody knows what that is? Okay. We will provide somebody to sneak in here on a Sunday in disguise. You won't know who it is. And evaluate your welcome attitude, whether you're a welcoming church or not. And we've done that with several churches, and you get like a five-page report. Well, this was good, this was bad. This place, I didn't know what to do. And so we can, we can provide that as a way to help you think through, are we really a church that is as welcoming as we say we are? Then uh, resourcing, we try to provide uh, materials, uh, books, and that kind of thing to help train leaders. Um, we publicize a lot of different things that are going on. And we are kind of a link with what the state convention does. Uh, You know, they do Falls Creek Youth Camp. They do uh, youth events. In fact, there was one this past weekend on apologetics, how to share your faith with people that are skeptical about Christianity. Um, There was a preaching conference that uh, Craig and I went to. There is an evangelism conference called the Advanced Conference coming up in April that anybody's welcome to attend just to kind of get refreshed and Renew renew your passion for sharing your faith with folks So we put out the word on those kind of things then take a look at the next slide here One of the areas that we as an association work with is the bcm It stands for baptist collegiate ministry And we have a very active bcm that meets in the same building where we have our associational offices And the leader of that is justin romaine He's also part-time staff at Open Door Church. And they reach out to students and have seen many students come to Christ, others who are already believers. They've developed them as leaders. We've actually had uh, a guy that came out of there that is now a youth minister at a church. Uh, Actually, two, no, three have come out of there that have felt called to ministry and ended up being youth ministers. Probably one or two of those will also become a pastor in time. But that's a ministry that our association, Your Gifts, helps to support. Next slide. Then finally, we have the missions team. We have management, ministry, and missions. you got the alliteration going there. And that is charged with It's a group of people from our churches. Now, I work with that team. But they're charged with extending the ministries of our local churches. So take a look at some of the, the things the missions team does. Go ahead. Next slide so of course we're involved in promoting local missions that's not so much us doing it as getting the word out and on the left there some of you have served at mercy house so you know what it's like working there in the kitchen uh, at that homeless shelter and then voila take a look at the right some of you guys are probably in that picture working at the welcome table and craig drew my attention to that we put the word out other churches have gotten involved in that as well just through hearing about some local opportunities next one of the things that we've done locally is to help start new churches we did a survey a few years back just exploring the land where the cherokee strip land run was was going on we felt like there's still lots of land to be claimed for jesus isn't there all the geographic land may have been claimed people live there but what about people that are not being reached by our existing churches And we found a number of places and groups of people. In fact, we found five places and two groups of people and we're able to start some new works. One of them that's probably best known is Open Door Church that now is meeting in what used to be the Calvary Baptist uh, building. Those two churches merged. Living Water is a Hispanic church that we were able to start. Um, We're starting a new work in Wacomas. Um, Matt Miles is leading that work. And this is not a new church, but there is a ministry that came out of that that Emmanuel started. That's the Pacific Islander Ministry for Marshallese, Chukis, people from Micronesia. And they meet in what used to be the first Indian Baptist church building on the east side of town, off of Leona Mitchell. Then uh, Drummond, we're looking to start a new work there. Um, And we have somebody uh, who's a member of the church at Ringwood that feels called to start a new work there. So those are some things we work behind the scenes to to, uh, lead people to do. This picture at the right, by the way, is Matt Miles at one of the initial meetings in Wacomas there. Next slide. So some outreach events that we work with to help promote and sometimes help subsidize the cost for. On the left is the Cherokee Men's Calf Fry. Which is a huge event coming up uh, March 21st, will be the next one. And uh, we bring in a speaker. It's a chance for men to bring their friends who don't know Christ and hear the gospel. Uh, In the middle is See You at the Pole. You guys have probably participated in that. We help with funding rallies for that. And then uh, on the right is the men's fish fry that Garber has started doing each uh, September. It's a chance for for men to bring their friends and they hear the gospel, have good food. And so those are some of the things that we try to encourage local churches with. Next. Then I almost forgot to add this slide in, kind of had to add at the last minute, but a big thing that our missions team helps with is working with associational children's camp. And I know Graceway has sent teams, our groups of kids down there, that's for kids ages, finished third grade to finish sixth grade so it's older elementary kids and it's the week before all the youth camps start at Falls Creek and maybe you guys could send a, a group of uh, uh, children down this year as well some of you could be sponsors to be a part of that it is clearly an evangelistic camp where the gospel is shared and many kids come to Christ those who are already believers some of them make rededications We've actually had some at that young of age that feel called to missions. And so it's really a meaningful time. It's the weekend of uh, Memorial Day and then through that next week. So you'll hear more about that. Craig will have that info and anybody gets our update. By the way, after the service, if you're interested in getting our update just so you'll be in the loop too, and it won't all depend on Craig telling you, (laughs) then give us your email. You could give that to Lucinda or to me and We'll, we'll keep you up to date. And of course, Falls Creek Youth, you guys have been going down there for years. And we simply promote that, get the word out. A lot of churches work together, so their youth groups are together for Falls Creek. Next slide. But then, uh, upcoming is a stateside mission trip. We're gonna be working in Kansas City. We've been up there several times. And Eric and Jerica and um, Gina are all gonna go. Maybe one of you would be free to go during this time frame as, as well and work with us. We're primarily working with a ministry to Somali refugees. Over 10,000 of them have been resettled into Kansas City in this one neighborhood that's just packed. And so we're going to be working there. Uh, so that's, that's one way. These are a couple of other trips where we've gone up there. We've worked with different people in, in the Northeast side of uh, downtown Kansas City on the left is working in a ministry with Congolese then uh, in the middle we were working actually in a neighborhood where a family was was seeking to reach their neighbors for Christ and we also on that trip worked with Afghan refugees can you believe it right there in Kansas City and the next one is um, a group working with um, Congolese as well so just a a lot of different people groups packed in there but this time we're going to be working with Somalis next slide international missions Uh, on the left um, in 2017 some of you know that our family served in madagascar and the association sent us back i was able to teach one of the very first classes for a brand new seminary that's being started there a baptist seminary then in the middle we have we've sent a team over to work in russia for obvious reasons we haven't gone back since the war started But we do partner with a group of churches, just like ours in Volgograd, which is southern Russia, not far from Ukraine. They are actually going in and out uh, doing ministry in Ukraine with people that are in some of those bombed-out cities. And then on the right is uh, one of our trips where we work down in Ecuador. And probably this summer, second half of the summer, we'll be headed back down again as part of that partnership. So if you feel called to, to be a part of a... A team where you're sharing the gospel cross-culturally then maybe god would speak to you about going with us to ecuador you don't have to speak spanish that is definitely a plus but we do work with translators and they do a great job they're believers and they share the gospel um, as we share it in english they translate for us but um, we hope in the future to maybe have a trip to madagascar to partner with work there and then These others, Panama, Guatemala, Niger, Poland, and India, those are all places that other churches in our association are sending teams, and they've opened it up to you all in other churches. If you wanna go to one of those places, see me afterwards, or uh, just look in the update. We'll put the information there about how you can go and be a part of a team to go to one one of these other countries and share the gospel. So the association facilitates us as a group of churches getting to the ends of the earth. Next slide. I didn't want to uh, uh, end with just talking about this, uh, uh, what the association does in terms of those kind of trips. If you are a uh, high school student, actually if you've just completed sixth grade and up, you can go through Oklahoma Baptist through a program called Go Students. And they go literally all over the world. These are just four of the places they go, and uh, the deadline is coming up really soon. But if you're in that age group and interested in going, these are trips where they go to work with International Mission Board missionaries that have already come out from our churches and are serving, and they go to help move the work ahead. And just an incredible opportunity. I don't know that many states have programs quite as good as the one here in Oklahoma, but you can go online to Go Students, it'll tell you how to how to sign up and where the different places are they're going this summer. Next slide, maybe you're an adult or maybe you're beyond that age or college or whatever and you, you feel called to missions. Well, one question is how long do you wanna go? Do you wanna go short term just on a mission trip? Maybe it could be one of those trips we talked about or maybe midterm, a couple of years or a year or a semester or you wanna go long term, you feel like that's a career. You can go online to International Mission Board and it will tell you if you feel called to go different ways that you can go. And you as a member of Graceway can go and you don't have to raise support. It's already been raised through churches like Graceway that give to the cooperative program. So that's just a, a, a quick overview of how you can be involved in missions and what our association does in terms of offering opportunities to to plug into ministry. Next slide there. Well, I mentioned in the end, we're going to come back to Jesus and then to the paralyzed man. Let's talk just briefly about Jesus. He asked this incredible question. He says, your sins are, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven. Get up or take, uh, or get up, take up your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And, of course, the man is healed, showing that Jesus really does have authority to forgive sins. He is who he claims to be. And he gave priority, you notice, he didn't heal the man of his paralysis right off the bat, did he? Instead, he healed him of his sin, forgiving his sin. And really, that's the greatest need that any of us has. And then, let's talk about the paralyzed man. In a way, he represents each one of us before we come to know Christ. Because there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. Just like that man was totally dependent on his friends to get him to Jesus. And even then, he depended on Jesus for forgiveness from his sins. Many people work really hard in this life doing everything they can but in a sense we are hopeless without Christ. And this is not saying that he was paralyzed because of his sin, but in a sense it gives a picture of how we are on our own without Christ. We may work hard, come into church doing everything we can to earn our way to heaven but we all fall short of the glory of God as Romans tells us. But the someone that we need to forgive us of our sins. Jesus came. What he's done on the cross takes the place of anything you can do to earn your salvation. And he rose again. He lives today to offer salvation to those who have yet to put their trust in him. So this morning as we close, I want to tell you, a lot of times people stay away from church because they feel like they're going to be judged and they can't keep all the rules and they feel like, well, I'm I'm not gonna go in there because they're gonna judge me. Or they come to church and they work really hard trying to keep all the rules and they're frustrated because they feel like they they never quite measure up. There needs to be a point in each of our lives where our salvation doesn't depend on keeping the rules, being good and and being better than you are bad. It depends on what Jesus has done on the cross and us responding by putting our trust in him. That's what salvation is all about. And when you come to know him, your sins are forgiven and you have freedom and joy and confidence to live life the way God intended it to be. And it doesn't just start when you die and go to heaven. That's part of it. But it starts right at that moment that you put your trust in him. So maybe that's you this morning. You can relate to this paralyzed man. Your situation feels hopeless in the sense that you can't do anything to save yourself. Well, you're right. But Jesus didn't come to condemn you, but to save you. That's what he's all about. So we're going to stand and, and pray together. And as we pray, if God has spoken to you about putting your trust in Jesus, then maybe today could be the day that you would do that. Others of you, maybe God's put on your heart that there's somebody that needs my help, and I'm going to work together with my friends to bring that person to Christ. And maybe as we pray, it would be a time where you could just say, God, show me how I can help bring that friend to Christ, being a faithful friend. There's no better way to serve your friends than to bring them to Christ. Maybe God has spoken to you about something else. Maybe, as we talked about missions, he said, you're called, and you've been holding back, but you need to to, to respond and say yes. I don't know where it means you'll end up going, but the first step is to say yes to him. So I'm going to lead us as we pray, and then I'm going to turn it over to Craig, and he can uh, conclude how we'll do the invitation. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth and the power of your word. We thank you for the example of these four faithful men who work together as, as one body with one spirit with the purpose of getting their friend to Christ. And I pray that you would use each of us to do that with the the people in the world around us with whom you allow our paths to cross and that we would be faithful friends to them as well. We pray also if there's someone here this morning that has never put their trust in Christ that you'll give them courage to say, I need him. I need to... Turn away from going my own way and turn to Jesus, putting my trust in him rather than my own efforts or abilities. And I pray you would give that person courage to to take initiative, to talk to someone, and to pray to receive Christ. We thank you again for your faithfulness to each one of us and just for the amazing grace you show us through Jesus in whose name we pray. spiritual things. Come see us before you leave today, me or Matt or anybody. Uh, Don't forget we also have some prayer lists on the back wall. Let's let's be dismissed in a song. God bless you.
1: The mystery of the cross I cannot comprehend the agonies of calvary you the perfect holy one crushed your son who drank the bitter cup reserved for me your blood has washed away my sin jesus thank Father's wrath completely satisfied. Jesus, thank you. Once your enemy, now seated at your table. Jesus, thank. Sacrifice I brought me, your enemy, you made your friend, pouring out the riches of your glorious grace, your mercy and your kindness don't your blood wrath completely satisfied jesus thank you once your enemy now seated at your table jesus thank but it's just so awesome to, the way it expresses what Jesus has done for us. The benediction for today is from the Revelation chapter 1 verses 5 and 6. To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us to be a kingdom priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.